Thanks for joining us for the March 17th, 2023 episode of Den Excelsior, the Mostly Marvel podcast. I'm Dennis, and I'll be your host as we recap the latest super news that caught our attention across the multiverse. But as the show title suggests, it probably will be Mostly Marvel. Um, later in this episode, we'll be putting a spotlight on Shazam. I believe that was a 2019, 2018, something like that. Uh, directed by uh, David F. Sandberg. But before that, we'll be getting into some nerd news. And by some, I mean a lot. Um, for those of you tuning in, don't be shy. We love hearing from you in the comments. And if you can't get enough of us, you should visit patreon.com slash denxmedia, where you'll find a variety of creative offerings, including recent episodes of our, after, our live after show, The Soapbox. Uh, patrons get exclusive access to chat with us. But if that's not your thing, don't worry. We release them to the public at a later date. Also up there right now are uh, new episodes of We Have Spoken, the Mandalorian podcast that we do, as well as Cracking Snap, which is a show that I do with a uh, friend of mine, and we talk about Marvel Snap for about an hour. Uh, lots of stuff over there. Um, but, okay, formalities are out of the way. Um, let's get uh, my co-host out here. Um, he's the Freddy to my Billy, I think, or is it the other way around? It's Ricky. Uh, uh, it depends on how you how you look at it and what's uh what right? big diagram you put us in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that's the that's our little tease for later. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, I I I think I kind of told you over the phone the other day, but like what I've kind of decided, uh, what I like this show to be is a visual and audio documentary of. All the crap I could talk about every single nerd movie <laughs> or show ever. And I was like, you know what, Ricky? I don't want to miss the chance to do Shazam because we never did it when it came out. It must have been 2018 that movie came out, right? 19. It 19. was 19? It was early 19, right? Like early, early. Well, maybe like, I feel like April. Yeah, something April, like that. Right on there. Yeah. I think it was released in April, but it was a Christmas movie, right? And like that was kind of weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, it, I forgot the the Christmasiness of it all. It's very Christmassy, yeah. But anyways, um, we we can talk more about that in a little bit. I just wanted to say, um, thanks because what I want to do is conquer the world with just this library of every single uh nerd thing ever. We'll discussed. watch all of the garbage. We'll watch it all one day. But it's not all garbage, you know. Like no. uh, I didn't mind watching Shazam uh today, so. It's cool. And this was, just to be clear, we're doing it in celebration of the release of Shazam Fury of the Gods, which come out which come, came out today, technically, or yesterday, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, Ricky, you got a chance to go see that one. I have not yet. I didn't. I didn't. I am. Yeah, I'm back to back Shazammed up right now. So yeah. we're just talking about good? the first one, though. Did it feel good? It did feel did good. To watch um, both of them, I mean, to watch both. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they both go hand in hand. Cool. Um, I think if uh, I think when watching them both, you appreciate the magic that Black Adam did not have. I'm interested. You, to see you, that. you you recognize the magic that Black or Black Adam did not have. I really liked Black Adam, even like though they're they're adjacent and and they pretend they're not. They don't pretend they're not actually. Or they don't pretend they're not. the The Rock is in. He's in Shazam. He's in Shazam. He's, he is. They're, they're big he, bald. 
any produced mixed race man in Shazam. No, they actually scanned the rock's face for that. Yes. Okay. They did. It is. It has actually is. They do allude to an evil person, you know, many, many hundreds of years ago that did that did horrible things like unleash the seven deadly sins. And I'm like, I actually don't remember seeing that. Where where was that movie? Hmm? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but they did use the rock's face. He, they used his likeness for that. So, um, in any case, we can talk more about that later. Um, what else, what have you been nerding out on lately? Uh, I mean, the last of us ended, right. Um, I need to rewatch it. I watched that finale, uh, we celebrated St. Patrick's Day last Sunday. So I was not 100% in tune with everything that was going on. Why did you celebrate it last Sunday instead of today? Because it, it was a Sunday? I, I don't know. It's... Are you green right now, bro? What? You're not wearing green right now. No, I'm not green on my headphones. Uh... St. Patrick's Day, if you're being honest. Like... <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to punch you on the face. That's why I didn't go out. <laughs> on the internet, man. They're going to do it on the internet. But uh, I, yeah, I want to no. watch it again. I well, From what I remember of that episode, the, the hospital scene, um, god damn, that was, that was just good tele- television. It's a, it's a good show. Uh, like when, when it ended for us, we were at home watching it and we're like, yep, third episode's best episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's just hands down. It was the best episode of the whole show. But uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, like I've, I mentioned a few times on the show, I, I worked on the game many, many years ago. I got to see it when it wasn't the beautiful thing that it did end up being. I got to see it when there was placeholder stuff and all these things. But but even in those placeholders, there there's a there's a good story. There is it, really it, it was fun to go to go to the office on Monday and uh, just see everyone's reaction to to yeah. I guess what some would consider not polarizing and that it's different from the game, but polarizing in that the actual direction that they go in you know it's 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 a little jarring and you mean you mean how it's exactly like the game yeah but I, yeah. the but people aren't complaining that it's not like the game that the the complaint is within joel's actions yeah so, sure. so to relive that discourse but yeah that's just 2013 yeah. all over again yeah but it's that's, you know it's not yeah. just nerds talking about it it's, it's your mom and your your boss it's, and it's pretty cool it is cool that is that is a thing i think collectively we have all nerded out on over the last nine, but nine weeks. especially since we're all riding on the Pedro Pascal high and he deserves it. And it's fun I mean, to see that knock down a, a peg in a weird way. I've been riding that high for years. And so, uh, you know, when, when the time came for the Mandalorian uh, and it, it didn't take very long for us to decide that that needed to be a, uh, us doing a double duty, doing two podcasts a week, sometimes, I mean, we did take some breaks on this one, but uh, we are weekly currently on on the, the Mandalorian because it's too awesome. It's too cool. It's too much fun. Anything with Pedro Pascal, I'm down. I'm just down. Always. He has a pretty good, pretty pretty good track record. He's got an excellent track record. Uh, but yeah, he 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 won my heart in uh, Game of Thrones. That's where he got me. If you've never seen him on Game of Thrones, never seen Game of Thrones. He was the best damn character in that show, and I say was because Game of Thrones I don't know, rules. Yeah. I liked him in Wonder Woman. He was a, a brighter spot in that movie. I mean, I wouldn't have gone there first, 
but sure, I guess, yeah, that's it's Kingsman, great. He does make quite an impression in, in the second Kingsman yeah. movie, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. But um, if you ever get a chance, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely go revisit some of his other his earlier stuff. Like, I'm, by earlier, I don't mean him on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, that's that's too early. His, too his far. Or Law and Order. I don't don't. I'm not recommending him on Law and Order. I'm talking about his yeah his daddy phase, right? <laughs> that's what it is that's what yeah, I yeah the, dad, the daddy phase yeah daddy or zaddy whichever one you want to call mm-hmm. him he's uh he's excellent i love him uh what else have i been nerding out on you know i meant to tell you guys this on the on friday but uh i uh or last week or, or whenever we recorded um i've been binging the second season of the purge on uh how oh, the tv uh, show yeah i love it i i love that show um I love everything Purge. I just think it's, it's just I don't even feel guilty. You gotta I would say that you 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 like the movies but don't like the content. Uh, I feel like don't the put words be- in my mouth, bro. I don't mean. put words in my mouth. Uh, no, I like I like the satire of it all. You know, like it's a it's a commentary on on society, and you know, I think I think when the first movie came out, it was just so shocking to people. Like we would never resort to stuff like that and like every time another purge comes out it's like the only one i've seen was the first one it's the one called the first purge right is it is that the title the the title of it is the first purge that one's like Like the the fourth movie yeah Yeah. um that one's pretty on the nodes with their their references (laughs) yeah no for sure i enjoyed it though it's really on the nose, but like uh, the cool thing about the second season on USA, it's it's kind of it has nothing to do with the first season at all. Like none of the actors from the first season are they connected to the movies? Like are the same universe? Um, well, they're all the same universe. Like all the yeah. shows have always been living and breathing. They just that's the beauty of the Purge, right? Is there's so many tell years, different, different so stories. many years that have taken place in their universe. That there's you can always fill in. You can just decide. Oh yeah, we're gonna do 2012 right now. You know, like they just pick a year that they want to do. And um, what's really cool about the second season of The Purge is they actually decide instead of doing the normal thing that they're known for, which is you know the whole movie about The Purge or the whole story about The Purge. Um, this season actually starts with in the last like 10, 15 minutes of a purge. And then the entire show is, or almost the entire show, is the 364 days in the middle of the year where you get to see what that country looks like that does this purge every year. And it's pretty cool. And, like, it's really gross. And, oh, man, when you see them have, like, a, a they have a special holiday called Remembrance Day or something like that. And, like, it's a place for all businesses to just get all their purge stuff on sale, you know, to get, so people are, people are never not thinking about the purge or talking about the purge. And like, it's, it's constantly on the news. Like, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's like the American holiday to, to just like beat all American holidays. And it's super gross. Um, I highly recommend that season. It's fun, but the coolest part is, uh, each episode kind of opens with like a cold open that has nothing to do with the main story, just more like world building stuff. 
And there is an episode that has a very special cameo from somebody from the very first movie. And it's pretty cool. It's it's pretty awesome. I remember the first movie. Well, I guess I've never seen it. So the first movie is the best one for sure. But oh, that's the one with um, is Kevin Bacon in that movie or no. Ethan Hawke? Yes, Ethan Hawke. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Lena Headey from uh, Game of Thrones. Don't know. I, mean, <laughs> don't know that I don't want to. She's super famous. Um, mm. Anyways, that's fine. It's cool. But yeah, if you're into that stuff, highly recommend it. But that's, that's, uh, yeah, I finished that one earlier in the week. Um, and it was very satisfying. I can't think of anything else I've been nerding out on other than like, um, you know, the Mando, uh, obviously. I mean, that Ninja Turtle trailer is pretty cool. The Ninja Turtle trailer was pretty cool, actually. I, I, I will give you credit for that one. I, I, when I watched that trailer, um, you know, it's obviously very Spider Verse esque in the animation. In I the love the ways. I love that. But Everybody needs to do more Spider. I just had this aha moment when they spoke, and they're ch- they sound like children because they are children. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah they they're sure. definitely skewing them younger. And I don't think I I have seen that in a. I've seen them act like children. Don't get me wrong, but just to hear the. Usefulness. I, well, they they sound just, like prepubescent children, is what they sound like. Yeah, like, like or like 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 all just dumb or, or, dumb, or, dumb thirteen year olds. It's what they right sound on like. the edge of puberty, right yeah. on the edge, right? Um, I think yeah, that was always a weird thing that even us as kids knew was dumb in the in the original cartoon was uh like some of them did not sound like children, like uh especially like I think Michelangelo. It was just like. He sounded like yeah, a twenty-something surfer and, bro, you know, you know like, like super, yeah. You could. It was super cool just to see him. Yeah, be, be genuinely dumb kids. I, I will say the Nickelodeon one tries to skew younger though. The the three D one, this mm-hmm. CG. Uh, I mean that that's got like Seth Green and um, what's the, the dude from American Pie, and. Uh, the main guy from American Pie, the cartoon, so the the Megan Fox, Michael Bay ones. Megan Fox, Michael Bay. No, I'm talking about the the cartoons. Yes. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yes, the the Nickelodeon cartoon, uh, the the CG cartoon that was from like 2012 or something like that. Yeah, that they're youngish, but they do not sound as young as these people sound like old actors that got put through a voice processor, right? Like that's yeah. is that what it is? <laughs> Like they, that is what it is, right? For the kids, for the for the new the new movie. No, they're kids. Oh, it's actual kids. It's actual kids, yeah. They, oh. There's a picture of all, I, I can't remember the names up here, but yeah, they are they are straight up children. Um, oh, okay. Probably like That's, yeah, I didn't know. maybe like thirteen ish, in and around there. But yeah, they're definitely yeah. kids in this movie. Okay, or, or they're voiced by kids. Well, I mean, like Miles Morales sounds like a kid to me but he is not that the person oh yeah that dude (laughs) 30 now (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i'm saying like so you never know with these voice Mm -hmm. actors like i just kind of assumed they were doing some because i saw the big names that are going to be in it like there's a lot of famous people in that new movie which i love i love that i i don't think i've ever heard people have like 
a negative thing to say about the concept of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know what I mean? Like people just love it because it just embraces all of the, the wonderful things that people, we love about comic books and just does whatever it wants to do because it, it thought it didn't think it would ever be this empire that it is now. Right. They just dared to do a story that was fun for them to do. And now like the whole world never like turns an eye to something, even if it's the dumb Michael Bay produced ones, like you still look at them and you're like, I do love Ninja Turtles though. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's why they made so much money with those two movies. Right. Because it's so hard to say no to them. They're too charming of characters, you know. I love no. natural. To see them, see them in, or at least put in the right hands again. Um, yeah, it's super exciting. I think point. they have a lot of good. Well, they have more successes than failures, honestly. A, a Ninja Turtle movie always um, sparks interest. Right? Yeah, so. I mean, have you have you never seen the one with uh, Chris Evans? The that's the one. The pseudo sequel. It's the pseudo sequel to the movies. Yeah, kind I of, saw yeah. that was one of the first movies I saw by myself. Uh, that movie that. is excellent. I never get tired of watching that movie. Patrick really Stewart's in monsters. it. Patrick Stewart's in it. Um, and then like uh, I wouldn't mind what, watching that again. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is uh, Rachel. We can watch that one when the new one comes out. I would watch that ten times over the live action ones. It's so. I would good. watch the Bay ones. Have you seen the second Bay movie? Yes, I've seen the second Bay movie. Oh, I kind of like the second one. I mean, there's charming things in there, but like, no thanks, dude. It's, it's <laughs> like, that is. You like, get inner space, I get. That's fine. <laughs> you got to pick, you got to pick which Ninja Turtle we want to watch when the movie comes out. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. That's how we do. We do an old one, then we do a new one. That's how we do it. So that's why we're doing Shazam today, because next week we'll be talking about the new movie we just wanted to give people time to not spoil it you know like uh right away oh did, have, don't watch the trailers to shazam because they they spoil something i don't watch the trailers really okay. i i don't i don't need to, to the point where the director tweeted like hey this kind of sucks don't watch the trailer i won't watch the trailer. Mm. it's fine i i can wait i'll probably see it on monday um i i'm, I'm excited i do i i am really excited because i there are it's it's you know I, we are the mostly marvel podcast but we do have a lot of love for dc as well like a lot um and so you know i'm never shy about like wanting to throw a bone to dc whenever they got something new you know we did a whole we did the whole season of peacemaker last year right like yep. or was that that last year yeah um i have uh, we did a whole season of harley quinn like we'll do it whenever oh, yeah, we they Whenever they give us something that is really juicy that we really can get behind, we're down. And so I got to say that the DCEU, it's always juicy enough, right, that we have to go see it. We have to talk about it. Um, I know that, like, I've heard other podcasts and stuff talk about how, like, just it's a joke how terrible they are. But, like, I don't truly believe that they're terrible. I think that there's a handful of them that are terrible. But for the most part, there's still a lot, a lot of love that goes into these DC movies. And there's really important names are behind them, too. And so I like Shazam in the grand scheme of things compared to a lot of the other movies. Uh, I mean, the Chris Nolan movies are 
are my peak for me. That's the best. Well, I think there are the, the the issue with everyone's perception of the DCEU. There are some big misses. Let's just like not. I mean about that, but yeah. they they rode the Dark Knight and Nolan stuff is peak DC and like top tier cinema. Like that yeah. movie lives in that that echelon of yeah. films for sure. So when you're chasing that high again. That bar is astronomically high. That's a bar. Would you would you say a Marvel has hasn't gotten to that bar yet, or no? I mean, the best Marvel has gotten is Angela Bassett was nominated for an Oscar <laughs> this year uh, for supporting actress. But no, nah, dude, like nothing. Like to me, Marvel has not quite reached that level of storytelling. You know, The Dark Knight mm-hmm. is. The, both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, those two movies together are masterfully told. Just so meticulous in every single thing that you see on that screen and every word that is spoken matters to that story. Uh, and I won't even knock The Dark Knight Rises, too. I love that movie. I know that one's that one gets a little sloppy at the end, and I know hardcore Batman fans get a little, get a little upset at choices that are made, but I think the fact that they really told the the full life of Bruce Wayne in those three movies is super rad, you know, like that's, I think that's super cool. Yeah. Um, I never um, expected to be spoiled that hard, you know, even Spider-Man didn't do that for us. Right. Like Spider-Man didn't end at the end of his career. He just no, ended, just, put him, put him in the spot. It just ended. And it's like, maybe there'll be another movie. Maybe they won't, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, but it, it's it's to the the haters out there. I it is a you know you got to keep that in perspective, right? It's you 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 flew almost too close to the sun in chasing that high again. Is uh... well, there are a lot of Batman fans that would say that's not true because uh, the the thing about Christopher Nolan's Batman's is it embraced only the most realistic aspects of that character. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like. It choose it chose to like cherry pick stuff from the Batman universe. So like we've never gotten still a fully realized Batman that's cool. I, like uh, and in that respect, I will say the one that Ben Affleck Affleck played was the closest to being all the different ridiculousnesses of of Batman. But you know they just made him a stone cold killer, and that was like I mean, uh, you guys were close. Fight. Warehouse fights. That was still up there. It's they were close, but yeah, for me, no one has ever really hit the mark like fully because it's it's a it's a lot. There's a lot mm-hmm. to cover. To pick from. Yeah, a lot to cover. Yeah, but... I th- I think they've I think Superman has been done better in some in a lot of in a lot of ways as a character, uh, especially the Christopher Reeve movies. I think that's why people hold them in such high esteem because after all this time it's still a pretty good telling of his story. Like it's all encompassing, you know? So, but anyways, we could do this forever, but we're, we're not going to do this right now. We'll do that. We got, we got some news. When I make you watch that movie, I'll make you watch Christopher Reeves Superman one day. Still haven't seen it. It's great. But for now, why don't we get into the stuff that's current? Let's talk about some news.
All righty. Uh, we're pretty current because uh, we missed uh, two or three weeks now. <laughs> three weeks. Three weeks. Um, and, and all the same, not much has happened. I mean, in terms of the the news part of it, we have a lot of toy stuff to cover. Really? Um, There's not a lot of news? Well, let's, let's kick it off. Starting off, uh, it was, was confirmed yesterday. Uh, James Gunn is going to direct Superman Legacy. Um, I know I when they made that. Said he was going to do that. They made an announcement last month when they announced when they unveiled the first part of the slate, um, and it was revealed he was going to write it. Oh, but okay. He gotcha. he, uh, he was unsure if he was going to direct it, and then uh, he had a nice post about saying you know it's the more and more he thought about it 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 uh you know the passion was there to direct it and uh lo and behold he's gonna do a superman film that's crazy man like i never in a million years would have pegged following this guy's career that one day he would be directing a superman movie and i really i wish him luck because there's there's a that's a high bar like i'm not kidding like that's the reason it's been so hard to to replace him is is um christopher reeve is in a lot of people's minds like he he represented what superman is i know henry cavill gets the physicality of it but like everything else people love christopher reeve a lot and so and richard donner was he did a great job directing that movie like you actually really are sad when you see pa can't die like it's a very hard thing and so um good luck james gunn i i'm rooting for you i'm rooting for you we'll also be rooting for what if <laughs> this came out of nowhere like two weeks ago i've seen this um yeah. so a little backstory um probably about a month or so ago some funko pops of what if season two started floating around um i know because that right? shows like in this weird nebulous state it's on it's announced but there's no dates there's no nothing it's just kind of on deck but a funko pop of a brand new character named kahori um yeah was kind of leaked and everyone was like well who's that that's no one we've ever seen before and uh marvel came out and unveiled it um so basically, Kahori, or the story that she takes place in is going to ask what happens if the Tesseract fell, fell to Earth and landed in the sovereign Hadusani uh, uh, Confederacy before the colonization of America. So she's a brand new character, brand new hero um, who gets Tesseract powers. And that, yeah. that'll be a What If Season 2 episode. You know... I see where this is coming from, and I, I think good job because uh, <laughs> Marvel has some things to atone for. Um, there's a really interesting story that uh, Neil Gaiman wrote for Marvel called 1602, or it's called Marvel 1602, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a really interesting reimagining of the Marvel Universe, but if it took place in, uh, you know, uh, early colonial america america colonial america yeah and you get to see a lot of origin stories told in different ways so like they, they would just naturally still become the characters kind of but the really awkward one is there's this blonde white uh native american guy 
<laughs> or he's a guy that dresses like a Native American, and he goes by the name of Rojas. And it's a really uncomfortable thing because you're like, when do we learn his story? And then eventually you find out it's actually Captain America. It's Steve Rogers from the current, the real timeline. And you find out that the whole story was actually some weird time displacement thing that happened. But Steve was one of the only people that I think remembered who he was first or something like that. And and you're like, oh, Captain America, you should not be dressed like this. This is not a good look. And so I I really applaud Marvel for like saying, you know, there was something cool there, but maybe we should make it. Is supposed to be part of what if season two? There's I know that's what I'm saying. This character, I I feel like this character might be a do over on Rojas. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm fine with that because that was, that was gross. It was a little gross. It was a little gross. That was cool. Um, it's always cool to get new new players and especially uh, ones that we haven't seen before in in terms of. Uh, representation yeah i am excited that the f- idea that there will be a 1602 episode because um i do love that comic other than the awkwardness of rojas when when do we get what of season two huh that you think that's a comic-con announcement at this point well cap the marvels got pushed right like they got the Mar- marvels in september yeah so i feel like somewhere in the middle of the summer again is a good place to put it you know what I mean? Like we, it came out August last time, right? Like well, August. we have we have Guardians next, and then we got Secret Invasion, and then there is a gap. We do the Marvels. There's a Loki in there somewhere. I don't think a Loki's this year. I don't know. You think Loki's gonna push? I don't. I don't feel like Loki's gonna make it out this year, but uh, I'd be happy if it does. I'd be happy if it does. I mean, things are changing. They they want to release less content a year. I know. That makes me so sad. But at least I can take a breath. <laughs> what else you got? Yes. Well, that's, it, that's it for my curated news. But I'm going to give you all the time for your to uh, reflect on your uh, bank account. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you, you skipped one already. Uh, <laughs> all right. So it has been three weeks. It's been a lot of uh, toys to cover in three weeks. I'm actually going to go in reverse order. So I'm going to talk about the most recent stuff that's uh, been made available. Um, so, yeah, Walmart Collector Con, if you want to call that an actual thing, whatever. Yeah. Most started exclusive like... of uh, conventions. What's up? The most exclusive of, of conventions. Yeah, it's an it's an exclusive convention that they now hold about three or four times a year to sell to sell uh you, like their their special exclusives that they secured from Mattel and, and uh, Hasbro. So there's a. You've seen this guy before though. I've shown it to you guys before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've shown it, but I'm just saying this one finally went up for pre order today or no yes yesterday something like that. Uh, it's a Craven the Hunter um, uh, done in the animated style with the ridiculous colors, uh, and it's on a retro card. And then they wanted to surprise us by revealing they had another uh, exclusive to Walmart. This one feels weird. It's a Hawkeye Ronin figure. So it's Hawkeye when he dressed as Ronin briefly in the beginning of the show, right? I mean, he dressed like this in Endgame too. So Yes, but the difference is... He didn't have a mohawk in Hawkeye. So it's the same figure, guys, but it's a brand new head of Jeremy Renner. Mm. That's what it is. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then uh, that also went up at uh, Collector Con. Squadron and then, Supreme. Uh, and then a couple days ago, Squadron Supreme, the two-pack that I showed you guys uh, about a month or two ago, um, they didn't say when it was going to go up. It went up for pre-order this week. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that one. And then last week, oh, sweet Jeebus, uh, basically a surprise wave of Spider-Man Legends um, that came out. But what was the biggest surprise is because they teased this only a week earlier on a, on their first live stream of the year. And what really surprised people is because they seemed to be holding back on saying what the Build-A-Figure was. They were like holding back a little bit of info about this. And it turned <laughs> out it's because they screwed us all. And they did a whole wave of figures that are all new characters that have no business. Oh, sorry, except for Tarantula. That have no business being on retro cards. And they put them on retro cards so that they wouldn't have to sell you a Build-A-Figure. Well, doesn't Rose, is Rose a comic character? Or is he not sorry, in the show? Okay, the Rose is also a comic book uh, or a classic character. Yeah, they finessed everyone else. <laughs> Here, we'll go, we'll go through these all. So we got two new versions of Ben Riley from the comics. So new, I don't even know them. Uh, you got Chasm on the left, who's an evil version of Ben Riley, and you got his new Spider-Man outfit on the right, which is like an, an askew, like a like slightly crooked spider across his chest, and it's a red and black outfit. It's cool. I like the eyes on him. He's cool looking, and he comes with that sweet twelve articulation, but only on the one on the right, not on the one on the left. Isn't that weird? They're both supposed toes. to be the same guy. Yeah, you know. That's so weird. Expensive toes, I guess, right? Then we got the Rose, and we got Electra Nachos as Daredevil. Um, She's cool. That feels a little cultural appropriate but yes, I do think she looks cool. That's a cool costume. Um, it is a very cool costume. I love it. Uh, oops, I went too fast there. And then we had two red and blacks, uh, two red and black uh, spider peoples. We have Miles Morales in a new like hoodie type outfit. That one's weird to me. I don't know. And then we got uh, Jessica Drew in a uh, new red and black Spider Woman with just the tiniest bit of yellow accents on it. It's a pretty cool costume. I like it. And then to round off this wave, we finally get a Marvel Legend of Tarantula, who is a ridiculous character, Got pointy with giant feet. pointy feet. Uh, this figure has never been made in Marvel Legends line. There has been a Marvel Legends adjacent figure made in in one of the Hasbro's other or other lines or toy business. I don't remember. But yeah, it's Tarantula. Look him up. I'm not going to talk about this guy. He's ridiculous. And then beyond that, uh, Hasbro wanted to let us know that this year marks the 60th anniversary of Avengers, the Avengers in the comics. And so because of that, not just Hasbro, all of Marvel will be doing an activation this year called Beyond Earth's Mightiest. It's similar to the activation they did last year, which was Beyond Amazing for Spider-Man. Um, just like all kinds of stuff is going to be out there, all kinds of product this year. But they wanted to show us a, a tease of a lot of the special Avengers stuff that they'll be putting out. And they just showed them, a, they showed us a mind blowing amount of stuff. Uh, so we got two, two things that are new firsts for Hasbro. We've never seen a Hasbro version of Iron Man Mark One, and it looks freaking great it's a good looking figure that is an amazing figure uh and we've also never gotten a bruce banner comic book figure from hasbro and so this hulk that comes with him this is to re uh recreate the first issue of incredible hulk i believe or the first appearance where he actually is standing behind him and he's wearing an orange shirt uh yeah 
his colors back then were orange and like blue and stuff, you know. But uh, this is a brand new upper torso on the Gray Hulk, um, just to make him a little, a little bigger, a little bigger. I think he looks awesome. It's great. Uh, other two packs. Uh, whoa. Other two packs. We got a new like bearded Thor. I think he's from like the 90s uh, or maybe the 80s. I'm not, I can't remember. And a freaking destroyer figure that is ginormous. That is a big, big destroyer because that that Thor figure is big as well. And then uh, they're also going to be putting out a vehicle version of um, Hawkeye that comes with the Sky Cycle, which is the one featured in the old <laughs> Avengers arcade game. It's pretty great. He's got cloth loincloth just so that he can sit on this thing. That's awesome. Uh, some more two packs. They're trying to hit all the different eras of the Avengers. So, you know, we saw the Iron Man and Hulk from the first era. Uh, and then here we are in the 90s with some 90s ass boots on Cersei and a 90s that's jacket. Cersei. Yeah, that's Cersei. And a oh. 90s ass jacket on the Black Knight. It is hilarious. Um, and then from another two pack is from the 2000s uh, for Secret Invasion. We're going to get a scroll, a scroll queen uh, Varenki um, as Spider-Woman. Uh, spoilers for anybody who's never read a secret invasion uh sorry she's she's the big reveal which i'm excited for the show because that means i won't know who it's going to be because they're not using spider woman you know what i mean um and then also a super scroll uh in avengers style you know so he's got like some doctor strange stuff and some iron man stuff and all kinds of other uh avengers powers and stealing little bits and stuff like that yeah uh, and then an old school 80s one, um, man, Secret Wars is getting a two pack of a Secret Wars Doctor Doom and Secret Wars Spectrum, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau. Uh, oh, my God, this thing looks freaking awesome. And I can't tell you why other than the fact that, like, I had that Doctor Doom when I was a kid. It was my first Doctor Doom toy. <laughs> and... He had that weird thigh band. You see that that strap across his thigh? It's just stupid. yeah. Is that? I don't know why. Do anything? I don't know why. Is uh, what's it called? A, a garter? Garter? Girdle? It looks like a metallic garter belt, dude. Like, I'm not gonna um, hold his metal pants up. All I know is I had the the the, the tiny five uh, points of uh of articulation version of this figure as a kid, and now when I see it in this full you know, six inch Marvel Legends format. I need it now. I just need it. I need to have this thing. Uh, also, some other cool uh, individual figures. We're getting a brand new Bucky Cap. Um, Bucky Cap always looks good. That's a great costume. It's a great costume. It's designed by Alex Ross. It's basically a copy of the costume for Spider-Man that Alex Ross designed that never got used. Uh, they just He just swapped out the... Like it's the same. If you've ever seen it, like I mean, um, there's a that costume exists in some format now. Oh, the uh, Superior Spider-Man wears the costume designed by Alex Ross. Um, they're the same concept. It's black from the waist down on both of them, and just all the color on the chest. Um, it's a really cool costume. But yeah, Bucky's the original body that he's on is a little outdated. It's a little small. It's got the tiniest feet ever. They're kind of hard to stand, 
So they're like, we need to buff him up a little bit. So this is him on the new body that Vulcan and all the, you know, mid-sized men are going to be wearing from now on. So he looks good. He looks great. And then toe articulation, holy toe articulation, Batman. We got Black Widow with bendable toes. And she looks freaking great, right? Like, yeah, I, I like, I like the, you're able to get her in some cool poses, poses. I like the bob cut. Yeah. It's great variety. She looks very classic. And then, um, yeah, don't make me explain this thing. They, I don't know how they're releasing this. Fought in the Avengers game. Uh, There is a super adaptoid in the Avengers. Yes. But the super adaptoid also exists in the comics. I think this thing's 18 inches tall. Um, He's huge. He's really big. Uh, I don't know how they're releasing him, but he is big and green and he looks like the super adaptoid it's hilarious um and then i think they had one other secret reveal which they just teased uh to celebrate that beyond amazing or not beyond amazing beyond avengers whatever uh campaign we will be getting an avengers themed has lab at some point in the year no news on what it is ricky do you want to speculate what it is um a giant man I think it's a giant man. You get a lot of big dudes. You're saying it's a Quinjet. I think I want it to be a Quinjet. Mm. I think a Quinjet be really cool or some sort of playset. Have they bit. released a modern comic book Nick Fury figure? Oh, you mean you mean Nick Fury Jr.? Yes. No. Okay. If it's a Haslab, you get him. Yeah, with a with a vehicle. Yeah, if if it's sorry, if it's a it's a Quinjet, you get him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Probably. But I think I think you're in a giant man. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Agree to disagree. Um. And then yeah, you skipped one slide ahead earlier, but uh, sad news for those that like the uh, special five points of articulation uh, line of Marvel Legends. Bootlegs. Um, rest in peace. Um, these figures are, they, they literally have, uh, the announcement was they are resting this line. Uh, that means to say that one day in the future, they could bring it back, but the ones that are coming out next, I can't remember which ones they are. They are the last ones that you think it's see. these, isn't it? What's up? I think it's these guys. It might be these guys, right? Yeah. Well, they should just give it to super seven. They're the best at doing these types of figures. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Yeah, but if you cared about that, it's gone. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, uh, but I was able to attend. This is not toy related, by the way, but this is news, uh, Marvel news stuff. Uh, I was able to attend part of the live uh, virtual event that they held yesterday for Marvel Unlimited Plus members to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the X-Men. So we have two 60-year teams going on this year. So there's going to be a lot of crazy merchandise. Like Hasbro only mentioned the 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 Avengers, but like they're going to be doing us dirty for the X-Men too. Actually, no, I've already pre-ordered a bunch of X-Men stuff. Yeah, they already got your X-Men money. They got my X-Men money, didn't they? Uh, so yeah, but so I expect Marvel Unlimited will probably do an event like this sometime later in the year for the Avengers. But I went to the X-Men one. It was really cool. They tried to organize it in like eras. So they started with like having like Chris Claremont and like the Simonsons, uh, uh, Louise and Walt. 
um, there to talk about the early ages, uh, you know, all the way up to the early eighties. Um, that was really cool. It was funny to hear like, you know, this it's, it's cool to hear like the stories about like how, um, they get fans coming up to them all the time to thank them for helping them get through something hard in their lives, you know? And, and these are just people that were just collecting a check to, to, you know, write stories because this is how they put food on their table. But I really appreciate the, the humility that they had, uh, talking about that stuff. Right. Because like, I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I was growing up, like I knew a lot of people that loved the X-Men, like a lot. I, mean, I feel like it was a very 90s thing. Um, I don't know that it's a 90s thing uh, specifically because like there's a lot of people from ages older than that that I, I know. I mean, I had, I had the movies. That's that's where my love comes in. My yeah. enjoyment of the X-Men. But I think I think it's it's more about the theme of the X Men that makes people feel like a special thing, right? Is that it, it's that it's that they represent the people who are the outcasts, right, of of, mm -hmm. of society, and like everybody can always relate to one of those X Men because they all feel like other, you know, like everybody, all the other superheroes are just like great job, Superman, and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, but like the X-Men get kind of pooped on all the time. And like, that's always been them throughout any decade. Right. So like, that's why it, it resonates with so many people. And that's why like they were back in the sixties, seventies and eighties, they were the, the, the comic, like they were the comic. So going into the nineties, it just blew up, you know, like it just, it just went really crazy. Um, yeah. They were just always the comic. Like it, it was funny as I made friends in college, like, you know, I was making friends. They were the great these. unifier. <laughs> they were because like I would just constantly find friends, you know, just like, you know, we did. We have spoken this week with Brian and I'd be like, hey, what's your favorite Marvel stuff? And it's like X-Men. And, and I can't tell you how many of the people that I know have said that answer. And it's always it's always one of two. It's either X-Men or Spider-Man. Like it's it's I never get people that are like. My favorite one is the Fantastic Four. Now, and only once in my life have I met a, a person that loved the Hulk as much as they did, and I was a little thrown off by that. Like, <laughs> um, it's it's funny though, but like, yeah, the X Men's the one. Like, it's it's just the big one, and it's um, it was really cool to watch that. And then they did a later era where they brought in like Rob Liefeld and Mark Silvestri, and uh, your favorite. I just, I just tried to hold my tongue while I watched that. But now it is really cool how much love he has for it too. You know what I mean? Because like all of these great uh, comic artists and, and not so great ones, they grew up on this comic because it, it was so. I mean, he gave, he gave some characters, right? That's he so gave good. Marvel a lot of characters. So like, I can't really knock him for that, you know, and it, it's, it's cool. And then uh, I had to cut the, the, the thing short cause I had to go some, do some other stuff. So, I didn't get to check out the rest, but um, they were going to talk briefly about the new X-Men uh, 97 show that's going to be premiering on uh, Disney+. Plus. Is it this year or next year? I don't know. <laughs> no Man, one knows. Plus is being close they, to the chest it's a little weird. Yeah, they're playing a lot of things close. Man. Yeah. 
But yeah, I will go back and try and find the rest of this uh, broadcast because it was really fun. And so if anybody's really ever wanted to see, you know, the creators from any era talk about the X-Men, well, you get some of them in this. You're not going to get a lot of them, but, you know. You, you missed one uh, one toy that got announced, I think, earlier today or got leaked earlier today. Oh, you know what? I meant to put the slide on there and I forgot to do it. It's not a toy. It's a wave. An entire yeah. wave got leaked uh, mm -hmm. you want to bring it up so this was actually this was the one that we knew about which was what mm -hmm. if gamora i couldn't i couldn't pull up pictures of what the of right the of the yeah wave. no this is the only picture i've seen too but the rumor is that she's part like they already somebody leaked the whole wave this always happens somebody in like singapore or somewhere like somehow gets a hold of the the product like test the test boxes and stuff like that and they put the whole thing out there for the world to see so this what if gamora like who is basically from the lost episode that we never got that was supposed to air uh and i think they're moving that episode to season two right is yeah the happened? tony stark one is yeah this is gamora dressed in uh thanos's battle armor she looks cool uh i'm excited it. it looks like but there's if, a, a Agatha Harkness down there. Yeah, there's a whole other bunch of figures that are kind of hard to make out, but I think it's Agatha is one of them. The Kingpin's another one. Yeah, I see a white a white jacket, and the rest are the rest are a little should, muddy. Should have done the Hawaiian shirt. There's a build a figure piece pieces there that look all silvery, but it's hard to make out who that could be. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give it, give it a week, and we'll, we'll um, probably probably know more. Yeah, but I think what was what was the list that they had on Marvelous News for which figures they speculate these are, other than uh, Agatha? I remember they had a list of them. It's from the different shows, right? So you got Kingpin from Hawkeye. You got Yelena, right? Uh, Yelena from Hawkeye also. Mm -hmm. Okay, is, here we are. Is, you got uh, Kingpin from Hawkeye, Yelena, Secret Invasion, Nick Fury, Secret Invasion, Talos. Uh, Agatha, um, either Monica Rambo or her mom, and then the Gamora. That's the. How do the they not know if it's Monica Rambo or her mom? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty small picture. I guess that could be like a WandaVision Monica, though. I, I can see the sweater. I just can't remember what her boots were. What color her boots were? Or from the Marvels. We'll see. Yep. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I, that's all the news I got. Like, uh, that was that was fun. It was a bunch. I don't want to take more time away from it. I think we should probably just get right into Shazam. You gotta say it, Shazam. Shazam. All right, we're putting a spotlight on Shazam. Um, I just want to clarify. You know what? Movie's like three years old. Uh, spoiler warning, I guess. You know, like I think it's four years old now. Yeah, is it four? Yeah, four years. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Um, sorry. Yeah, four years old. Uh, yeah. Spoiler warning. We're gonna we're gonna spoil it right now. Uh, for a recap or kind of like a summary, a quick one because there's a lot to talk about in in this one. Um, this was this one was in Philadelphia. Uh, Billy Batson is an abandoned child who is proving a nuisance to child services and the authorities with his stubborn search for his lost mother. 
However, in his latest foster home, Billy makes a new friend, Freddy, and finds himself selected by the wizard Shazam to be his new champion. Now endowed with the ability to instantly become an adult superhero by speaking the wizard's name, uh, Billy gleefully explores his new powers with Freddy. However, Billy soon learns that he has a deadly enemy, Dr. Thaddeus Savannah, who was previously rejected by the wizard and has accepted the power as well. Uh, Billy must face up to the responsibilities of his calling while learning the power of a special magic with his true family uh, that Savannah can never understand. That was written. That's the write-up on uh, IMDb, and I actually really liked it because that was quite comprehensive. That's the whole movie, right? Yeah. Like, that's the entire freaking movie. Um, do you know, do you know, before we get way into this movie, do you know the history of this character? I know he predates DC and... Well, kind of. Kind of. And Marvel sued sometime thereafter because he, he is called Captain Marvel. No. And... You're already right? twisting the history. All right. Then, yeah, tell me. Educate me. All right. Cool. His, uh, this character's name is Captain Marvel, like you said. Uh, it was, at least. Um the wizard is named Shazam, not not the character. But what ended up happening is, yeah, he first appeared in uh, Wiz Comics number two, per, uh, published by Fawcett Comics. Uh, that was a company back way back in 1939. And what ended up happening is, you got to understand, in the 19 late 1930s, you couldn't be bigger than Superman. Like Superman, yeah. Superman was the dude, right? So what ended up happening is this new character that came out that looked a hell of a lot like Superman, but he had <laughs> he had some cool things. He had a cool story, backstory, and stuff. And you know what, Ricky? Hmm. The kids loved him more. I believe he, it. He actually became the most popular uh, comic book, or he was outselling Superman by a lot, by a lot. So what ended up happening is DC, the, what was DC, what they used to be called National Comics back in the day, um, they straight up sued for copyright infringement. They said, you guys are making a character that looks exactly like our dude, and you're doing it better somehow. You know what I mean? So they sued them because this character looked like Superman. And what ended up happening is the legal fees and all that, they came to a settlement, but Fawcett basically had to stop making Shazam comics, or sorry, Captain Marvel comics. Fawcett had to stop doing that because the, of the likeness. So in comes, you know, the 60s, and Stan Lee is blowing up, making all of these characters all <laughs> over the place, right? And he's like, he's noticing that this character that he grew up with that has the moniker of their new company, right? Their brand new Marvel company. This character is not in print right now. And he seizes the opportunity and he makes a new character named Captain Marvel, right? And this character is completely different, but I mean, people are down for it because it makes sense. You, the guy named Captain Marvel in the Marvel comics? Sure, why not? You know, Marvel. Yeah, exactly. His he was an alien named Marvel. It it was built in the DNA of the character, right? Now you can't take it back because it's literally <laughs> the guy's name. 
So what ends up happening is Fawcett, who's not legally allowed to print Captain Marvel comics, they see this and they're like, well, we're not going to sue them because we can't do anything about it anyways. You know what I mean? And DC has a problem because they actually now own the rights at this point in time to this, this character because eventually like Fawcett just had to sell everything. Uh, they sold everything off to DC. Um, DC can't DC DC can't sue them for the name because there's there's, there's they weren't no using legal, it. There's no legal claim to it. What? They're, oh yeah, they probably weren't, they weren't using it. Or... They weren't using it, and and everybody just kind of thought it made sense that it's Captain Marvel's in Marvel comics, you know, and stuff. So. Uh, so what ended up happening is they just decided, all right, well, we're not going to sue, but we're also going to just like see what happens if we do it too. So they actually still, when they f- fully gained the rights to this character, they started publishing him in, in comics as Captain Marvel. And for a long time, fans were just cool with it. You know, like fans were like, yeah, I guess there can be those. I guess it can be one. In each <laughs> uh, but eventually, like, you know, Marvel just got tight. They tightened up and they're like, yo, you know, you can't do this, right? And they're like, yeah, we know. You know, like, they're like, we know. We were just waiting to see what you do, you know? So uh, that's what ended up happening. In 2011, I think they were just, uh, you know, it was a mandate from corporate. It's like you gotta, you gotta rebrand this character. You got you gotta change. Was this 2011? That late? Uh, either 2001 or 2011. Yeah, it like is not as it is not long ago. Because for the majority of my lifetime, I felt like I've known that character as Shazam. That's because you didn't pay attention. <laughs> that character for the majority of your life was named Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah. They sometimes they made comics called Shazam, but that wasn't the character's name. That okay, was, I mean, but it by I mean by association, that's what I would. Right, I'm saying if you're yeah. not reading the comics, you you're not yeah, knowing you, that. You wouldn't know. Fair, fair enough. Yes, but his yeah, I think it was. I I think I read it somewhere um, that it was 2011. I believe it was yes. It was 2011 that they relaunched their stuff and they took that opportunity to rename him Captain Marvel. Or sorry, Shazam is what I meant to say. <laughs> you see, it's just stuck. It's stuck in me too. Like I've known him for that as long as I as, And so what I thought was really funny is this movie, when they finally got made, by the way, fun fact, Captain Marvel is the first superhero adaptation ever made into a real a live action movie. He was that popular that they made a Captain Marvel movie before they ever made a Superman movie in the 1940s. Isn't that crazy? Guess we have to watch it. I know, right? So we're not even watching. I I put that on the description of the show. We're watching the original Captain Marvel, and I'm like, or I guess we're watching the original Shazam movie, right? Like, but yeah, this guy's been in movies before Superman. Like, that's nuts. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool that he's he. He mean he meant something to a lot of people like that. I I just kind of missed that. Well, the train. the character itself, I think, if you're a kid, right, that's like the dream, right? And, and I his, think that's his, why he that's sold why something. The, you're you can say a magic word and turn into a superhero, 
but still yeah. be yourself. Like that, that's like every kid's dream. Did you did you ever watch that Elvis movie that came out last year? No. But I, I, I wasn't do know sh- I do know the his costume is very heavily inspired on um apparently his favorite comic book character growing up was Captain Marvel Jr., mm-hmm. which is actually the name of Freddie Freeman's character. You know, he's be- uh Billy's best yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. In the comics, he's Captain Marvel Jr. What a lame sidekick name to get, you know what I mean? But apparently that's Elvis's favorite uh, comic book growing up. And that's actually heavily featured in the uh, in the movie. Uh, but yeah, I guess he based a lot of his Vegas costumes off of, off of that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff with Captain Marvel. But in any case, he's not Captain Marvel for the sake of, co- uh, of this show. He is Shazam, which is super confusing because that's also the wizard's name. Um, Captain Marvel, the the Brie Larson movie also came out in 2019. Yeah, I was going to say, and you know what else they have in common? The wizard. Jaiman Hansu is in both yes, movies. Jaiman House, yeah, he is. Jaiman uh, Hansu is in both movies, in both and movies. that's so funny. <laughs> Do you think he even knew that he was in both Captain Marvel movies? Oh at the yeah. Same time? yeah. I met him at the yeah. Zoom one time. Uh, fun fact. But I, I always wonder if, you know, like how many people do know that story, that long story that I just told you about Captain Marvel and Shazam. And um, it's always confusing, like two people when they hear it for the first time. But uh, I can't help but wonder if Jaiman just took the check for both movies without ever knowing that, like, the, the hilarious comedy of he managed to be in both movies at the same time well i mean to be fair in his marvel uh position he he was in guardians first right so right so he you know he knew he had to have known i don't know i'm sure you know yeah yeah i feel like you could play that character without knowing the history that i told you just now Mm. Anyways, Shazam the movie. Hey, I gave you backstory. You got the backstory. Um, so yeah, this movie, he's Shazam, and uh, it's the sh- origin of Shazam. I I guess here's here's my like here's my first question for you. Really, mm-hmm. what was what was the big like marvelous moment? I'm still gonna use the word. Um, for you what what was that moment that you like marveled at or, in this movie? or yeah like what was the moment where you're just like yeah this is this is this is why you watch this movie like that's that's what i I'm think the about. scene when he reunites with his mom hmm. that's some heavy shit that they they get into i think a lot of a lot of movies uh i don't say this is a kid's movie but a lot of you know uh kids starring movies dealing with uh fo- the foster system they it's very surface level and as part of billy's you know arc to have him reunite with his mom and then for him to find out that she willingly left him and his whole you know sense of being is just crushed in that moment i, I watched that you know watching him again i had forgotten he gives her the compass that she gives him and, you know, kind of gives him this little life guiding speech at the beginning of the film. 
he gives it back to her and she's she like what's this remember what it was yeah and it's, i think it's a super powerful scene so then which leads to him going on the roof and you get like the money shot of him jumping off doing the shazam and flying right. off that that i mean that the, money, was the money shots in the trailers too right like, yeah but yeah. i mean for, for me within context to having that scene before that's that's what makes that seem powerful for me i got i i feel yeah those are pretty good those are pretty good examples uh for me honestly it's the moment where he realizes that he can give his power to his entire family and all of those kids turned into the Marvel family. For me, that was so heartwarming. Did you think we were going to get that in this movie? Like when you first watched it? No, I didn't think that. And I, because I don't really care enough about, I didn't care enough about the character in the comics to, enough to know that all of those characters were those people, you know, like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't something I was mentally preparing myself for. I just thought I was getting an origin movie with one superhero in it. You know what I mean? I didn't think I was going to get six. And so like, that was a super cool reveal. And not only was that a cool reveal, but that was the moment where he realized this is my family. And so it's the perfect counter. It's the perfect bright moment to juxtapose your really deep, sad moment, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, yeah, he did get his heart broken by finding out that the woman that he's been chasing his whole life didn't, doesn't want to be him. Yeah. his mother and doesn't really think about him often, you know? And, and to then to go from that to this, like, you know what? F her, I don't need her. I have these people that all have my back. And you know what? I want them to have what I have. And he just gives them their superpowers. That was, that's the moment for me that is this movie. Like that's, that's why this movie is so special uh, compared to so many other superhero movies. Now the other 95% of the movie is pretty standard, right? Like, I, I don't know. There's some cute moments. I, I would. I would say it's above above average. I don't I don't want to say standard because I really okay. do enjoy a lot of the there there's a um, I think they the kids are all really well written and that they feel the kids are they, great. They feel like you know actual kids of their age as opposed to just care you know they're playing characters in high school. There's a the dialogue with Freddie is phenomenal. Um, there's a quippiness and a chirpiness to him. And, um, you know, even all of them, they all have their own little personality, little quirks. But it, it feels it feels grounded in, in a way that's refreshing, you know? Yeah. Like, it, like Freddie, Freddie's a sidekick, but he, he's not the, he's not the, uh, how to put it? Um, he's. He's not the like, guy in the chair. Oh, he's not the guy in the chair. Like it's funny to see him being excited for 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 Billy for having the powers, and it's well he's 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 like lusting over those powers honestly though. A but it's also bit, cool right? to see he the way he sees you know their 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 world, the DCEU, is how I want to see the DCEU. He's you know he's talking about Batman, he's talking about Superman, Aquaman, yeah. like he's a total fanboy, and he loves those characters and it. You know, 
that seeing that uh he lives in a world where they've reached merchandise levels you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and he buys it all he buys it all yeah yeah it's a it's a cool it's a cool take uh it's a little over ambitious from i mean like i'm just saying like we all saw that justice league movie was was that like was that worth it i don't know um but yeah no he's he's a very cool character i also like you know that little the the disability is played pretty well you know i'm not going to i'm not going to sit here and nitpick him for it so much uh, there were I so do many like crimes in that movie. For I sure. do love the self-deprecation that he has. It, it's pretty good. I can associate it with it for sure. Um, he is an outstanding uh, supporting character to uh, Asher Engel's uh, Billy Batson, you know. But I think the other star, the real star of the movie, is also Zach Levi, right? Because, like, here's the thing: he doesn't just have to play a superhero. He has to play a superhero that still relates to all of these wonderful child actors as if he is a child. <laughs> and I think that is his strongest suit, right? Like he is, he never talks down to these kids. Like he's something, he's not on their level. Like he really does make me believe that he is a kid in that body. And I think that's a really charming aspect of this character that, you know, calls back to tom hanks and big you've seen that movie right yeah okay because that movie is a freaking classic and it's it's a skill that is highly underestimated you know with actors but like the magical uh, the magic of those movies like big and this is believing believing that right because that's literally the whole point of this movie is magic right like it's magic and you have to believe in everything and stuff so I think they make me as an audience member really believe that he is that teenage kid in this super cool. Well, they also let you live with it for a minute, right? Like he's, he's, you know, he's Shazam for a lot of the, a lot of the movie. Like there's a lot very of little Billy in this movie, a but they, they, they give you, they give you the time to like, you see him testing his powers and then it, it escalates like, Oh shit, let me, can you shoot me? You know? And then he saves a bus and it, it you see it escalating in a, in a way that's it's, it's not, I don't think it's too much. You know, I think they just put the right amount of, of, yeah. of um, origin story on him. So that by the time Savannah comes around, he's kind of ready to go. Kinda, yeah. I mean, he's he's got enough. He's he's at the same level that Peter Parker was when the Green Goblin shows up, right? Like it's mm -hmm. it's comparable, right? You get to see him do the thing that all I ever wanted to see in a superhero movie is heroes behaving heroically, right? And so you do get that with Shazam. He he does it. Like he he starts by trying to save a woman from being mugged, only to find out she's totally capable of doing it herself, and she's. She, um, that is an excellent scene, by the way. That is so cool. And then, like you said, that escalates to the convenience store, which is a phenomenal scene in its own <laughs> right. But I think we'd seen the majority of the bit in the first trailer for the movie, right? I think that's yeah. So it wasn't that the most surprising thing, or we saw it at Comic Con or something like that. I don't remember. Um, excellent scene, right? But like you're right, each at each scene for the first twenty, no, I want to say the first like forty minutes of the movie. Once Zach Levi shows up, he doesn't show up for like the first 23 minutes of the movie, which is pretty cool. Um, 
But when he finally shows up, I think they spend about a good 15, 20 minutes of him escalating the heroism, right? And like that's that's cool. That's that's all I need, man. Check that box. Then I'm down, I'm down to ride on whatever ride you want to give me. If the last half of it is silly, weird DC explosions and stuff like that, that's <laughs> fine. But at least give me the heroism. That's why I'm so favorable of Wonder Woman 84, right? Because like they gave me they gave me what I needed in the first half of that movie. And so whatever garbage they want to tell at the end, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. But I think the cool thing about Shazam is it's not really garbage at the end. I think the garbage is kind of more like in the somewhere in the middle. I, I wouldn't say garbage, but it's it's just it. It's the Savannah. The Savannah of it is what makes it a little weird. I, I think it's a complete movie. Um, where I don't I don't necessarily think I I would cut any of it out, but to your point, it is a beefy. It's a long movie. It's a long movie. Shazam movie. As much as I love Mark Strong and I like what he did with mm-hmm. Savannah, I don't find the character Savannah interesting, and I don't find no, his, you get a, a bad guy of the week vibe. Yeah, you get a bad guy of the week, and like, and I think that the scale of it was really epic but it wasn't told in an epic way right this bad guy was going to release the seven deadly sins on earth uh to do whatever they do you know as demons and that is that should be an apocalypse level event in theory but on the scale of how it was presented most people will never even know he did that you know and that's i don't know that's weird to me but there was so much of the seven deadly well, sins. Superman was, was having contract disputes at that time. So, <laughs> it was, uh... um, yeah, but in any case, like I felt like the scale didn't match the, the, the themes of the, sh- of the movie, right? Like the scale of it was too big and too DC ish to just let this character breathe for a little bit. And that's, I think that's the part of the movie that is weird to me. Are there funny moments? Yeah. Like when, savannah and 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 shazam are floating in the sky and and he's doing his monologue and he's like you're like a mile away bro i can't hear you that's that's funny um there's lots of funny bits but like i don't know i always feel like a hero is only as good as his villain and i just didn't care about what savannah did i like mark strong i think he's a great actor Mm -hmm. i think this is I don't think his Savannah is better than his Sinestro was, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's fair. He, he, um, you know, he was the musk must mustache uh, twirly guy, right? Yeah, that, that that's his role. And I will say though, the Seven Deadly Sins, Nightmare uh, Fuel, <laughs> right? They're they're pretty pretty freaking scary. I, I and I liked it though. I, I, I remember it being jarring when the movie first came out. I was like, holy shit, this movie's kind of like they they're, they're dark. They murder people and they kind of there's they show it for one second more than you would expect, right? And it it just feels a little weird, but I I kind of enjoy it. You know, when I was when I was looking up the fun facts, I have a lot of fun facts for this one, but this is one that I thought particularly stood out. The body count for this movie is 18. And that is because the seven deadly sins are nightmare fuel. They are terrifying. Like when I saw this, I saw this movie originally in theaters when it came out. 
And my wife and I just looked at each other right when those things appeared in that boardroom. And we're like, what the hell? There's kids in this theater that are here to see Shazam. And this is terrifying. Like, they're, they're freaky. And they linger a little too long, like you said, you know. But here's the thing. When I started watching it again today, and I got, you know, only a short way through the, to the Seven Deadly Sins, I'm like, I got to look this up. And and so I ended up reading David F. Sandberg, the director, who, by the way, is famous for what Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. This guy's yeah. a horror director, right? Like, so this guy as a horror director is given the job of directing Shazam and this crazy monsters in it and stuff like that. You know what? I'm going to applaud him for the approach that he took. He said in an interview that his inspiration for the demons was the terror dogs from Ghostbusters. There's there's a subtle cartooniness to them. But do that you when see you, it? Yeah, no, 100, 100%. There, I, I feel like it's almost like Spielberg-esque on the horror line that he he rides where it is they are scary creatures but they're not horrifying right i mean they're a little hor- the the gluttony one is horrifying but they're the, the they're mouth pal- that opens like, I think, all the way to the belly like i feel like they're scary for children but they're palatable in a weird way right sure i i mean i definitely found them easier to see this time around for mm-hmm. sure but like uh but honestly, it made it so much easier for me to ingest every horrific part of that movie when I looked at it through the lens of Ghostbusters. Uh, and I started seeing the whole movie through that lens. And I'm like, you know what? For 1980s, Ghostbusters had some pretty terrifying imagery for the 1980s. Like, and but you but they did it in a way where they had this nice bright colors and a little, you know, glow to them. And then there's also coupled with all the humor of Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and 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 uh, and you start to be okay with it. You start to be like, okay, I can be okay with the scary looking monsters because the movie's <laughs> funny. And I and when I thought back to that feeling, I was like, okay, that's Shazam, and it made it easier for me. You know, like I don't know you know, how many kids are going to be in therapy because of those things. But for me, it was easier to watch it this time around and be like, all right, you know what? I don't really care what this is doing to kids because it is pretty fun. It's 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 fun. I mean, but it's they a are, line for the rest of the DCEU, right? Like it's... I mean, they definitely line up with a lot of the weird monsters we've seen in the DCEU, for sure. Um, but I did find them fun and I did find like, you know, it was cool that like, it's a very, like you said before, like it's a it's a very cool story for a child to pick up and say like, yeah, man, that would be so cool for me to be a superhero. So it's kind of on the nose that the, the evil enemy for this pure, this person that's pure of heart is all the greatest temptations on earth, right? Like that's, that's basically what the seven deadly sins are. Um, and so, you know, who, who better to defeat all of those than a child then, who is pure mm-hmm. heart you know so i get it i i get i see the lines that were drawn dc and i i'm kind of i'm kind of like you know what all right this is pretty cool it's pretty cool uh you saw the second one and i haven't seen it yet 
is there as much nightmare fuel? Yes. Well, cool. Awesome. Like, I'm <laughs> yes. awesome. If, if they, you would have told they, me they that continue, yesterday, I, continue the nightmare fuel in the second. If one. you would have told me that yesterday, I think I would have had a different opinion. But like I said, like context is a lot for me, you know. So knowing mm-hmm. that 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 was the second like, movie knowing, actually ties into this one quite a bit. Um, awesome. That's so. cool. I'm really excited for that. They really I, do I, build a world. Uh, cool. For for Shazam, I mean, did. Are you are you bum? We're not going to see him fight a Black Adam. Are you are you absolutely, happy? absolutely, especially knowing that the, I mean, as a you know, for the record, this movie was produced by The mm-hmm. Rock. Like he 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 basically reached out to his fans years ago and said, "Hey, I want to do this. Which character do you want me to be? You want me to be Shazam, or you want me to be Black Adam?" And his fans were like. You got to be Black Adam, bro. And he's like, all right, cool. But if I'm going to do that, I'm not going to be the villain in this guy's movie. I'm going to be in my own movie to, to set up the big clash the one big. day. You know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, cool idea. Not the greatest of smoothest of executions. Oh, no. But I still wanted it so bad. I wanted it more than I wanted Black Adam versus Superman. That doesn't make any sense to me what why are we doing that fight i want the real fight i don't want superman to go against this guy before black before those, Captain those kids Marvel. are getting older man by the time they make that movie yeah but I, like it's, <laughs> it's gonna get it, weird i want both bad guys both guys saying shazam left and right all over the place that's their whole deal so black but, like, shazam? what does he, does he say shazam in that movie or every damn time Yes. I thought he had a different word. No, Shazam is his word as well. But his gods are the Egyptian gods, which they had to stretch to find six of them. Yes. That all okay. started with yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Set, Horus, Amon, mm-hmm. Ra. Wait, no, there's no Ra. <laughs> there's no R. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a little he harder. Has, but, he has his own people. But he says Shazam as well several times in the movie and so that's why it's like don't put him up against superman at the end of this like that's just to satisfy the stupid comic controls man like this is yeah. I'll, I'll say this with the caveats that it is addressed in the second one but i think one of my only issues with this movie is you don't really get to see the full power set of of a shazam they're missing some of those powers and then the phrasing Right, the strength of strength or uh, wisdom of Solomon. Oh right? yeah, yeah, I yeah. See they're, they're missing. Well, they're missing some of the some of the beats. Yeah, well, I mean, he flies and is, is strong and has lightning. Yeah, and well, he's super fast too. He's super yeah, fast. He's, fast. Mm-hmm. he's got enough. He's got enough. Like this, he's got enough that a lawsuit was was you know gave Fawcett <laughs> pause. Right, they're like, he's yeah, definitely eight here. For sure. Yeah, we they're like we probably should. That's well. This comic on the, to that point, I, I I do appreciate. I I think it's true of all all the DC movies. I do like their power scale. When they're flying around the city, punching through buildings, I do. There's a weight to it all that yes. I feel like we don't see with the Marvel stuff. But they don't. They're the the beauty with the Marvel stuff is they 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 stage their fights in very. Um, 
cost-effective situations. I think we've gotten that scale with Marvel a few times now. It's just they they play on a wider spectrum, mm-hmm. so there's a lot a, a bigger range, right? But like, I mean, Captain Marvel was pretty juiced, man. Like, yeah, he's, and he's, he's you know they're, he's flying super fast in the city. He's crushing buildings. He's... Oh no, I mean Carol Danvers. Oh, Carol, Carol's pretty juiced. Yeah, she's pretty juiced. You know, like, so is she as juiced as Captain Marvel or Shazam? Probably not. No. Um, Maybe it's know, just like the the, the 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 fighting in the city type aspect of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. They well, the Marvel characters just are smarter about not doing that. <laughs> they don't care about collateral uh, damage except for the avengers right which the they did it in the avengers and it wrecked the city and then there was so many repercussions because of that so <laughs> uh i i think you know it's just being it's paying homage to the style of storytelling and stan lee just always you got to remember stan lee didn't make the marvel characters in vacuum right he mm-hmm. made them on the backs of all of dc's characters right like DC's characters had been around for like 20, 25, 30 years before Stan ever did this. So he had to come up with a different approach, right? And so, yeah, like what people liked back in the 30s and 40s and 50s was I want my superheroes to be able to solve every problem. And so that's why they are gods, you know, like that's like literally what the DC universe is. So, yes, it is cool. It's just like I think, I think there's a thing about it that that prevents them from being reaching the heights that Marvel does, and I think that's because right now in 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 society, just like maybe back then in the '60s when Stanley created them, people want characters they can relate to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think or what I mean to say, people always want characters they can relate to, but I think right now in this time that we're living in. Uh, people find it more relatable to have these these characters that have all these real world problems, you know. And so, like the DC characters do not have real no, world yeah. Problems, the, the Marvel you know? characters are definitely people first, yeah, superior second, and it's kind of the inverse in, in the DCU. Like, I mean, even Shazam himself, right? He is like the ultimate fantasy for a young boy, right? Like to be able to do everything he does, like. And still, you can still go to school the next day and like pretend that you're not, you know, a superhero. Like he is major wish fulfillment, and that's cool. Like, I mean, most of DC's characters are in some way, right? Like, so um, I do like the scale, but the scale requires a lot of lifting, right? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. Now, with that said, I will ask you in the context of this movie. Was there any moment that was that felt a bridge too far for you? Like that, that your suspension of disbelief was just like, nah, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know if there, there was like a moment that will, that was a big leap. Maybe, maybe the Shazamly stuff because I, I think that I felt like that was a lot to, to pack into this movie. I think you could have done this movie without. Like that's really? the post, but the post credit teaser of like, oh man, I mean, I think it was so much better that they chose to do um, it in the movie. Like, what what was your like eye roll moment? I don't have one, and you know why? Mm-hmm. 
because my rule in general is I turn my brain off the second magic is involved. Like, if you say magic in your movie, you get a pass. And I let <laughs> a lot of things go, you know, like, because every time I'm gonna, I'm gonna nitpick something, I'm like, I don't know shit about magic. Magic's just whatever it wants to be. When he catches the bus with his two tiny little hands and his hands are pressed against the glass, like of the, the windshield, and he's supporting the entire bus with his hands on the weight of the, sh or, you know, the weight of the bus on the shield or the windshield. I don't know why they didn't break. I'm going to assume magic. Glass. I'm going to assume magic. Tempered glass. Uh, it's tempered enough that when America. people fell against it, it cracked. <laughs> These are cracked windshields. They already. are hard headed people. Uh, but you know what I mean? But then I say to myself, maybe he's got like some mag magic aura. I don't know. Like maybe he can just do that. You know, like and it, it makes, it makes me allow for so much weird to happen. It, and, and maybe that's just magic ist of me. I don't know. Um, I've just always let my brain accept anything that happens when they, the word magic is in there. And so that was, I put that question in as a landmine because I just wanted to see, I wanted to see where you sit on, on that. And so now I know. No, they're, I mean, it's, they're as much as I'm not a, a magic fan. I, it, you accept that it, it comes with its own rules, right? Yeah. But they do, they do a good job. I feel like of showing rather than, than hammering on your head, all of the magical reasons on why he can do the things he does they just say like oh yeah he can do this he can do that yeah but they don't give you a lot of rules right they, they give no. you one rule which is the word right the word yeah. has to be said and it has to be said uh audibly not underwater you can't do it underwater for some reason um but then yeah you get to you get you get to be the powers of all these things um but other than that you know like i i'm, I'm watching him and i'm like that that is not going to charge a phone that's going to explode a phone and then and a phone does. explodes. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. We're good. We're good. Um, the, so uh, yeah, the the logic is easy to follow through the whole movie, and I'm not really angry at a lot of things, other than maybe the fact that the wizard is really terrible at his job. Really terrible. Like all of those people that he brought into their into his secret lair, we got to see all the people he's been doing this with for decades, right? And I'm like, what made you think that person? He's, he's kind of a, a a kidnapper. He's kind of a kidnapper. He's kind of weird and gross. I was kind of happy that the character dies in the movie. Like, I was like, okay, I don't want to know more about this guy. It's too much. It's too much. And then you get him again in, in Black Adam. And you're like, no, it's too much. Don't do this, please. No more. No more of this. But does he even have his, his brothers and sisters in Black Adam? I don't remember. I, uh, I feel like there's a council that, that does the thing. It has to be all his brothers and sisters there, right? Because it's older. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's... I don't know. Um, I'm just curious. Was there anything Was there anything in the movie or any character or any reference that you were like, what's up with that? Like, I want to know more about that because I have some of those things. The, the one when I first watched the movie was a lot of tiger, tigers. Um, but you know I, he used to have a pet tiger in the comics. He has a, he has a magical talking tiger. Yep. It in the comics. flies, right? Yeah. And flying. It's called Mr. Talkie Tawny. 
Um, that was his ally. And so for that reason, there's a shit ton of tiger references throughout. He has tigers movie. on his, uh, on, buckles. His back, on his backpack, on his buckles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives that little girl he, a tiger. He gets a tiger. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of... yeah. It's all through the movie. And you know, that was just like, there was a lot of nods to stuff from the lore of Captain Marvel uh, comics. Uh, like the freaking uh, crocodile men playing poker. Those are enemies of his in the comics, apparently. Um, like all the weird stuff. Like Yeah, Mr. On. Mind, little tidbits of there, right? Mr. Mind is like one of his top villains. His three, three main villains, Mr. Mind, Dr. Savannah, and Black Adam. So... I think we're we're done. We're done. We're, done, right? done. <laughs> we're not getting more. <laughs> That's an unfortunate thing. Um, after yeah. after next week's show, we're not getting any more Shazam. Oh, are we sure? Are we sure? Sure. I mean, you gotta ask James. Gunn, or is it? But... Or are they resting it like the the three and a half inch or three and a quarter inch Marvel Legends line? Are they just resting it? I. I mean, Zachary Levi looked pretty old in Shazam too. So. You know what I'm confused about? Peter Saffron was an executive producer on this. Is it he? Was. He, He's on the second one too. Isn't he the the guy that is now in charge of DC, like with with James yeah. Gunn? Mm-hmm. So why would he not want to go forward with more of this? I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I feel like there's there's the the business end of it, and I think from just some of the rocks past comments he's pretty burnt on the whole situation i don't i don't see a way a way forward to to getting a shazam three or you know whatever threequel movie that they do i don't know man i feel like we're living in a world where spider-man no way home exists like if that movie can exist anybody i would love it because i i i think I like Man of Steel a lot. I think Shazam, and I think both Shazam's movies are in the top three of DCU movies. I won't, I won't place them all, but they are the best, the the best, the best. I think they really do a good job of, of uh, it's almost like a Guardians as take. We're taking. I I would call Shazam a relatively unknown character in the grand scheme of things in this era is that is that a hot take no i don't think it's a hot take i thought i was shocked to find out that he was so popular in the 40s that he Mm -hmm. outsold superman i was like what really like that was news to me that was but to 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 take the the character you know take the best parts of him you know make him modern make it fun and just make it all work cohesively. I think that's a big accomplishment. I would love to see a third, a third movie. Yeah. I, I'm already excited. I'm really excited to see the second one. It was just whether it's more of the same of in, in, in the best of ways. You know, I, 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 I'm really positive on the second one and watching this one right after just reinforce the whole thing. It's like, yeah, these are, these are, these are solid movies or awesome. are they, are they great by any stretch? No, but are they, rewatchable are they funny on the second rewatch sure that yeah. that uh strip club scene never sees this to make me laugh that's hilarious that's the most teenage boy <laughs> thing ever 
I thought the buying the beer was the most teenage boy th- thing ever. And then they spit, they spit it out. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought for me that was like that was that's the perfect teenage boy scene that an entire an entire convenience store. The strip club, I felt like I would have played that harder than it than they did, but like I get why they didn't. But that's why I'm so surprised by the nightmare fuel monsters, because it's like, guys, you went hard on the violence <laughs> and you you just weren't willing to go there with that one, huh? Okay. All right, that's fine. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I will say Dr. Savannah, I was familiar with his character only from playing tons of Marvel verse or Marvel and DC verses. Um and he was weird in this movie to me. And I learned it's because, yeah, they took some liberties with the character. He's a mad scientist. He's a mad scientist. He doesn't have the eye thing. No, he's a mad scientist. He does eventually, in the more recent comics, have a magical power that lets him see magic like around him. Um, so, you know, but you got to remember, though, it's the comics nowadays are being written by Jeff Johns. And Jeff, mm-hmm. Jeff Johns is also one of the guys overseeing all of these more recent movies as well. So he's reworking the lore in both mediums yeah, at the same the, time. The brand synergy of it all. Yeah, he's he's just making sure that it, it lines up more and stuff. But I was thrown off to see uh, Dr. Savannah be this flying, super-powered character you know even if it was just the the demon envy inside of him which i really did like that by the way for me i thought that was him demonstrating the wisdom of solomon because he outsmarted his enemy you know what i mean like that was that was Mm -hmm. like that was how ultimately he won right he was he had to like if you think about it like because at the end of the movie he kind of has his own little justice league right but each of them had a different focus on like what their powers were and so, like, Darla was kind of like the flash of the group, right? Like, like uh, different ones were different aspects. And I've read online that people consider Billy to be the Batman of the group. Because, one, he brought them all together. But, two, um, he had to use his smarts to win at the end. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was pretty cool that, a, you know, a teenage kid outsmarting this full-grown adult that runs like companies and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like Blinded it was a really chump. That was a chump way to lose, right? Like he he almost got dropped to his death. And that was pretty funny to me. Um, but I really super loved that Billy didn't let that guy die. That that gets me every time, man. I love watching heroes save their villains, and I think that specifically set uh Billy apart from every DC super movie superhero movie right like i don't think a dc hero ever lets the villain live am i wrong no no you don't you don't bring him on for a second movie i mean they brought zod on <laughs> i mean he did die they did they did kill him yeah he did he did die but right that's kind of a theme in the dc universe because they're all gods and so they they act like gods that uh see these people as less than them but that's the cool thing about billy he has godlike powers but he is not a god. He no, a, and I, I don't think ever in that movie they they let you forget that he is still a kid. He's never he never back like the Ninja Turtle aspect of it all. He doesn't have, give like some compelling speech or some you know super stretch of of showing him being in an, any way or or shape or form mature. You yeah. know, 
he's still like they 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 keep that through line and they write it very pretty well. So you just believe it. You believe it throughout the whole thing. What did you think of his catchphrase? You're a hero's not much of a hero if he oh, can't if save his own family. family. It came from Freddy. What? Right? No, he Fre- said it to Freddy. He, he said, said it, it to Freddy. Freddy. Mm-hmm. And Freddy's like, hey, that might be your catchphrase. What do you think of that one? I think Batman would have a problem with that one. But... Right? <laughs> I thought it was kind of insensitive, right? I feel like he was coming from a place of, well, man, you don't know how some of your bros roll, but like Batman and Spider-Man would very much object to that that statement. Um, yeah, I I got the the intent of it. I just couldn't help but think this whole movie kept reminding me that Batman exists. And yeah, I'm like, that's that's not a cool thing to say to Batman or Aquaman, bro. Like, or, or Wonder <laughs> well, this Woman. This before Aquaman the movie, so you know things were all kosher for. It's not before this Aquaman the movie. Is it oh, not? Wait. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's before the movie, but he's already existed in the Justice League. Yeah, because Freddie wears an Aquaman shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did his, yeah. his branding deals before yeah, yeah, yeah. going back under. Yes, exactly. And he's also like in the post credits, they try and see if if Shazam has the ability to talk to. There's also uh, like Harley Asian. Quinn merch in that toy store. Is there really? That's yeah, gross. It's a little weird. I, re- I read that David Zamberg didn't want to have the villains in the store. So maybe that's a production. Oops. There's actually a really fun. He. Um, so he directed Lights Out, right, which is based off of a short film he put out on YouTube. And we got that short film. Um, but he continues to update the YouTube these kind of uh, film studies of his work, and he does one of Shazam, and it, it's really fascinating because it, it, he he really breaks down that that fight scene in the mall, and he touches on a lot of the the uh, what what worked, what didn't work. You know some of his positives and negatives coming out of shooting that scene. There's even, I think, a a shot in there where you can still see some camera rigging that he acknowledges. It's, oh, it's, I, I heard there's a scene in the mall where there's three people that look uninterested in the fight, and it's because it's actually three uh, people working on the set, and mm-hmm. they accidentally got stuck in frame. And so the movie went back in post and digitally added shopping bags to their hands to make them look like they were shoppers. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, funny. that's funny, dude. Like, but uh, I recommend watching though. It's really, if you're interested that in sounds cool. film isms and just watching people, I, I, I just appreciate his openness to his work. You know, he's not, it's not, yeah. he's yeah. down to clown with the, well, criticism. he doesn't, he doesn't pretend that he didn't find success super fast. Right. Like he no. went from lights out to, doing several movies really quickly really quickly and by the way none of them are as good as lights out like lights out is like a three minute video oh yeah just the lights out movie is kind of weak but no, that the was... movie's terrible compared to the three minute clip or six minutes i can't remember how long it is it's either three or six minutes yeah it's it's terrifying don't watch it if you if you're if you're a, a scaredy cat <laughs> especially if you're scared of the lights turning off don't do it don't do it scared of the dark i um, but I, I hope i hope he gets another crack at shazam again or just let alone play with a dc character or or jump ship to marvel because I, I i really like the direction and tone that he that he brings um 
like I said, if you look at it from the point of view of like, this is a guy that grew up with Ghostbusters, it makes the whole experience really, <laughs> really work. Because there is so much Ghostbusters DNA in these movies. Like just the the flowiness of it, every all the demons and stuff too, right? Like the way they like dissipate when you the try wisp and the dust. Yeah, the wisps of them. Exactly. Like it's very, very good. But that gluttony one looks a lot like he's related to Slimer in the worst of ways ever, right? Like he's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But yeah, I think, uh, do you have anything more to add to this conversation? Because we've been doing this for a while, and I think we got to cut it off. No, Shazam's great. Uh, Spoilers, I like Shazam too. And I can't wait to talk about about it next week. All right, awesome. Mm -hmm. What would you you say on a a scale of 1 to 10 with Shazam, the first one be? What's what's my 10 and what's my 1? <laughs> what is your 10? You tell me what your 10 are we, is. Are we ranking DC movies or are we ranking? I mean, sure. I think it's Let's, solid, just... I'll say, I'll, I'll go over it. It's a solid eight. Okay, cool. It's rewatchable. It's funny. Um, It's unique. Um, yeah. Does it have some missteps? Sure. Is it in maybe a little too long? Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah, I give it like a seven and a half or an eight just because like there are there are some pacing issues and, and stuff like that. And but it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty damn good movie. And I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed thinking about what it would feel like to be a kid watching this movie because that's an amazing feeling, right? To 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 see a kid you know, have his imagination run wild with the idea of like what if I can be a superhero? Uh, and I guess I'm not drinking beer because it apparently tastes awful. You know, like uh, there's some cool there's some cool messages in this movie, and I highly recommend it. Just wait till your kids like I don't know, at least ten to watch it with them, just because these monsters are too much, dude. They just eat people from the head. They just like straight up eat people's heads off. Gotta learn like, sometime. That's monsters, that's nuts. that's where they start. That's nuts. All right, I think we got to end this show. Uh, thanks for Ricky for for doing this with me. I'm really happy, and I'm excited to do the sequel next week with you. Uh, thanks to our patrons for supporting our growth, and to our audience for tuning in. I see you guys there. Um, if you had fun, please remember to like and subscribe, and check us out on Patreon uh, for all the other stuff we got going on. We are not doing the soapbox tonight, though. Sorry, guys, I got an early morning for me um, coming up tomorrow. So I can't really stick around with Ricky tonight. But uh, there's lots of other stuff on there to go check out. So patreon.com slash denixmedia. Um, I think that's it for us. Uh, you want to say it or should I say it, Ricky? Go for it. See you next time on Denix Excelsior True Believers. Enough said. Bye. Bye.